I want to continue a series that I've been in, and I believe that God's going to break through in somebody's life today. Um, the series has been, and it's called The Hurt Whisperer. The Hurt Whisperer. Um, we watched a video clip from The Horse Whisperer, and that, that kind of inspired this, this whole series. But um, we're, we're talking about finding healing for your hurt in the whispers of God. Finding healing for your hurt in the whispers of God. Now, some of you guys are like, well, how do I find healing you know, from a hurt? I mean, obviously, all of us have been hurt at times in our lives. How do we find that healing? Well, we've shared a few things in the past few weeks. First of all, you have to get quiet. If you're going to hear a whisper, if someone's whispering to you, you're going to have to be quiet. And the, the usual way that God speaks to us is through a still, small voice. And so the truth is, a lot of times we want to take our hurt and we want to get busy. We want to do whatever it takes. We don't want to get silent. We don't want to be quiet. We don't want to be still. But the truth is, until you get quiet before God, and we call it a quiet time, and we sit, when we read His Word, we pray, and we praise Him, until we get you know, quiet with Him, we're not going to be able to hear the whispers of healing that He wants to whisper into our lives. That's what God does. And so that's the first thing we learned. The second thing that we learned was when we come to God with our hurt, when we come to God with our pain, He doesn't go, what? I mean, why do you even feel that way? He doesn't, he doesn't say, well, I don't even understand why you make a big deal about that. That's no big deal. I mean, I, you know, what's the, you know, stop whining. No, He doesn't respond that way. What does He say? Does anybody remember? Me too. I love that. I don't know about you, but that brings so much comfort to me because when I go to God and I've experienced some pain in my life, somebody's hurt me, I've done something wrong, sinned against God, and I have that pain that's in my heart, and I come to him, he doesn't go, yeah, what are you, stupid? I mean, come on. No, he goes, me too. Me too. I've been there. That's what Jesus gets to say. He suffered just like we've suffered, and he understands our pain. And so for me, that's a comforting deal. Now, last week, we talked about a couple more things. And we talked about how when, when somebody hurts us, God whispers a couple things that we don't want to hear. Anybody with me? Number one was forgive them. How many of you guys had a list from last week of people that you needed to forgive? It's okay. Yeah, raise your hand. We're all, we're all sinners and we all need to forgive people. Um, and, uh, you know, and then the second thing that God whispers is bless them. Now, that's the harder part. I, I mean, forgiving them and all that, that's hard. But he also says to bless them. And I, I encouraged you guys. I said, you, when you see your enemies or, you know, something and they're out and maybe at, you know, lunch or whatever, buy their lunch. Here's the funny thing. I went out to lunch Sunday after church and somebody bought my lunch. And I think three people were in there trying to buy my lunch because I've got so many enemies. I'm just kidding. They didn't. Uh, they actually left a note and said, hey, we love you and thank you for what you do. And they bought our lunch. Um, but but th- that's the hard part. I mean, and, 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 and all I can say to you guys is you're welcome <laughs> for sharing those truths with you. Because some of you guys, again, you're like me and you're like, man, I got to forgive that person. And you want me to really bless them? Yes, that's what God whispers and that's, what, that's what's going to bring healing to your heart when you're hurt by somebody. I mean, again, some people are like, I'll just let it go. It don't let go. Pain don't let go, does it? I, I deal with people all the time. They're 50 years old and they're dealing with something that happened when they were seven. Time don't heal wounds. God does. Amen? And so you've got to take it to God. If we are going to find healing for our heart, we have to go to God 
We have to listen to God, and we actually have to do what He says. Then we'll find healing for our hurt. And then we can go through life with the new normal that He's placed in our lives. Does that make sense? And so that's what we've learned so far. Well, today I want to I say something else that, that God has whispered to me, okay? And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy because when God starts whispering to me, I'm like, crap, here we go again. And you think, well, that's not, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. And I know I shouldn't. But here's the thing. When God teaches me something or when God reveals something to me, it typically happens in my life. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, again, you read a verse and it's like, okay, God's going to teach me something. it. what do we got to go here? But the truth is he wants to teach us something. And if we will just embrace it, even though it hurts, even though something, you know, that we might have to go through a trial or tribulation, we will learn and he will be glorified if we give it to him. Right? And so today I want to tell you something else that I believe God has whispered into my own life. And here it is. You ready? Give it back. Give it back. I, here's, here's what I've learned about God, you know, a lot of, or about myself. Here's what I've noticed when I, when I get hurt. I want to say this. I am going to take my hurt, and I'm going to decide how to deal with it. I, I'm going to decide, decide how I view my pain. I'm going to decide how it will, how it will affect me in the future. I'm going to decide how I will deal with it if it tries to hurt me again. And you say, well, what is that? Well, I want to teach you something that I've learned and I was oblivious to just a few weeks back. And then I heard this teaching on this, and I want to share it with you today. You know what? When we take control of something, guess what that's called? It's called an inner vow. Inner vow. And you say, well, I've never heard that. What is an inner vow? And, and what, is, what does that mean? Well, number one is this. And, and I know I'm going to teach you a lot of things today, and it may be kind of deep, but listen, you can get this, and God wants to set you free from, from some things today. So number one is this. Inner vows, listen, are self-directed, not God-directed. Okay? You with me so far? Inner vows are self-directed, not God-directed. And I'll I'll define it this way as well. Inner vows are self-directed promises to a negative experience. They are self-directed promises that we make inside of us that that are, are, are due to a negative experience. I'll give you a few examples. Some of them are silly, some of them are pretty serious. Um, if you grew up and your mom made you wear your hair a certain way and you made an inner vow later on that I'm never going to wear my hair that way. Anybody? Anybody? My wife. My wife, raise your hand. I think my wife made her, my mom, her mom made her wear like some doo-doo curls some, one of these days. She was like, I'm never wearing those again. Is that right, babe? That is right. Yeah, I'm never going to make my daughter wear doo-doo curls. It was an inner vow. Um, my mom, I grew up in a mo- with a mom who was a hairdresser, so I grew up with perm <laughs> as potpourri in my house. And it stunk bad. My mom, I, when I would come to my mom and say, I need a haircut, she'd be like, all right. And I'd be like, Mom, I want you to grow it out a little bit on the sides and all that. And she's like, nope, I cut your hair the way I want to be. <laughs> and I was like, dang it, why do I have to have a hairdressing mother? Why can't I go to the barber, you know, whatever. But, but we make this inner vow. I'm not going to have my kids wear their hair that way. 
That's silly, but maybe you grew up without having pop in your house, soda, and and you make this internal vow to say, we're going to be a pop-friendly house. I'm going to stash it. I mean, we're going to have all kinds. I mean, four types of root beer over here, Sprite, Diet Sprite, all this stuff. And you make this internal vow. Maybe you grew up without TV. And, and you, did, you did never got to watch TV, so you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have the biggest package of Dish Network that's out there. And I'm going to pay for it. Because I'm going to have it in my house. Those are inner vows that we make. And on a serious note, maybe you grew up poor. And you made an inner vow as a child or you know, maybe even as a young adult. I will never be poor again. Maybe you grew up and, and you had ragged clothes. I remember... <laughs> we we didn't have much, and I got the thirds. My brother wears them, my middle brother wears them, then I got them. I got a pair of corduroy pants one time that my mom made me wear to like <laughs> to school one day, and they were like three times too big, and you know I had a belt on, and I just felt like a fool. I was like, why do I have corduroys on? And my dad, he loves corduroys. He still wears them. He wears them in the summer, I think. But anyways, I had these corduroy pants on, and I was like, I, I think I made an interval. I'm never going to wear corduroys again. Maybe you grew up, in, you know, you didn't have, you had rags for clothes, and, and, and you say, well, I'm going to have a closet full of nice clothes. Maybe, on a, again, a serious note, you were abused as a kid. And you made this internal vow. I'm never, I, no one will ever hit me again. Maybe you've gotten divorced and, and you've gone through that pain and you say, well, no one will ever get close to me again. The most common one is when we get hurt by someone else and you say, you make that inner vow, no one will ever hurt me again. They'll never do it. Again, all of these, listen, all of these are examples of inner vows that we make to ourselves. And you may be thinking, well, dang right. I mean, if someone hurts you, you ought to make that vow that you're never going to be hurt again. You say, well, what's wrong with making an, an inner vow? Well, there's nothing wrong with wanting to not get hurt again. But here's where it becomes wrong. When we make the vow that is not directed by God. Does that make sense? When, when we made that vow, we directed it and God did not. Okay? Now, and that leads to number two. Number two is inner vows are sinful. They're sinful. Uh, look at Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 34 and 37, or through 37. It says this, But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by earth, because earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is uh, the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head. For you can't turn one hair white or black. Just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. And you say, well, what is that talking about? Well, it's not talking about cussing. It's not talking about cursing. What was happening here was the Pharisees, which were religious people, they were making these vows, right? And they were saying, well, I, I, I swear by, you know, God, I, or not, they didn't use the word God, but they swore by everything else. I swear by Jerusalem. I swear by my own even head that this is true. Now, here's the thing. You know why they didn't swear by God? Because they didn't want to be judged by God. But the truth is, and what the scripture shows us, is that even if you swear by the things of this world and you make oaths or vows that are not directed by God and are not God honoring, 
then everything else is God's anyways, so you're making it against God anyways. Does that make sense? And so he's like, don't even swear by your own head. God created you. But here's the truth. Is it wrong to make vows? Not in every case. I mean, we have wedding vows. We swear under oath when we testify. I mean, there are things that God directs us to do to make a vow. One of those is giving him our lives. I I made an oath. I made a vow to God that I was going to surrender my life to him when I gave my life to Jesus. It's a good thing. You know why it's a good thing? Because it's God-directed. Here's the truth. It becomes sinful when we direct it. When we say, you know, this is what, this is what we're going to do. You know, Jesus, he wasn't saying, you know, or he, he's saying when you go around swearing to yourself and making vows that you decided to make, you are doing what the devil wants you to do. Did you catch that? The end of that uh, scripture, it says, verse 37, anything beyond this is from the evil one. And you say, well, what, is it, what makes it evil? Well, again, I'll explain it. Because when you make an inner vow, you make yourself, listen, the Lord over that area of your life, not God. Does that make sense? When I make an inner vow and, and, and it's directed by me and God didn't lead me to it, then I make myself the Lord over that situation and that event in my life. I'll give you an example. When we say, I'll never make my kids work the way that my parents made me work. Guess who isn't Lord of your kids? When you say, I'll never be poor again. Guess who isn't Lord of your finances? When you say, well, I'll never let anyone get close to me again. Guess who isn't Lord of your heart? God isn't. He's not Lord of your heart. You know, one pastor put it this way. It's like a a drunk man trying to get on a horse. You've ever seen a drunk man get on a horse? They go from, I mean, they get on him and and they just go one side and they just fall over and then they get ready to get on and they go to the other side and they can't stay in the middle, right? It's the same way. When you make an inner vow, you go from one one extreme to the next. You know, uh, I'll I'll put it this way. When when you got spanked as a kid, I'm never going to spank my kids. You see? It's an interval. It's, it's an extreme. You say, well, we never had snacks in our house. I'm going to be a junk foodaholic. I'm going to have snacks all the time. You say, well, I never had nice clothes. And you, you become materialistic. And you have a closet full of clothes that you can't wear in a year. You see, you see the negative there? You were maybe hurt by your past girlfriend, and, but you, you made, no one's ever going to hurt me again. Therefore, you won't get close to your new wife. It's, it's a negative. It's, it's, it's how we become in control and we respond to a negative experience. The truth is, inner vows make us crazy. They make us crazy. Uh, they make us hypersensitive. If there was an issue in your life, a negative experience that you had in your life, all somebody has to do is mention something about that situation and you fly off the handle. You got a short fuse, you overreact. And those are signs that you have an inner vow. And I, I want to share with you my inner vow that, that, that God showed me. Um, and it's probably the most intimate thing that I probably ever share with the church. I just shared this for the first time with my wife just a few weeks ago. Uh, the only thing that the only persons that knew about my situation or what happened to me uh, was my parents at the time. And so I, I grew up in a youth group at church and we would go to the places and we did all these things. And we had youth workers. Um, 
And one night we were over at uh, one of the youth workers' houses, and my, my brother and I were there, and, and all our buddies were there. And we grew up wrestling, so we, you know, it wasn't nothing for us to just wrestle and, you know, take somebody down and torque on them a little bit and try to hurt them. Well, this youth worker was wrestling. I was wrestling with him, and he's tried to stick his hand down my pants. And I, uh, I looked at him, and I pushed him, and I said, if you ever do that again, I'm going to kill you. He later came out, and he claims to be a homosexual now, and uh, unknowingly, and this is what I've, God has shown me, unknowingly, from that point on, I made an inner vow, and it was this, no guy will ever touch me, no guy will ever look weird at me again, or I'm going to kick his head off. And it led me to hate. And it led me to hate the homosexuals as well. And you say, Bo, isn't that cool? I mean, isn't that what God wants you to do? No. Does he want us to hate? Does he want me to hate? I mean, I became a little crazy after that. I mean, every, every time I became extremely homophobic. I, every time someone, one of my friends would even act gay or whatever, I, got, I would get furious. I mean, if a guy looked at me at the gym or, you know, looked at me weird or even looked kind of gay or whatever, I wanted to kick his head off. You know what I had done? I had made an inner vow, and I said, I'm going to be in control of this. It will never happen again. And you say, well, isn't that right? Isn't that right? Well, listen, when something leads you to sin and to hate somebody, it's not right. You say, don't we, don't we oppose homosexuality? And, and again, it, we love the homosexual and we hate their sin. Just like I love people that lie, and I, but I hate their lying. So don't think we don't love homosexuals. We love them. And God has had to create that love inside of me and heal me from that inner vow. And I've, I've actually, you know, I've, 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 I got on Facebook the other day. This, this guy that tried to assault me or whatever, he, he's on Facebook. And so I private messaged him and I said, I, I wanted you to know that what you did and what you tried to do to me was wrong, but I want you to know that I forgive you, and I ask God to bless your life. You know what he did? Yeah. And again, did it make him right for what he did to me? No. But did it set me free? Yes, it did. And you say, but how do I, I've been hurt like that, or I've, I've, I've experienced a negative experience in my life, how, and, and it's, it just controls me. I think about it, and I get furious, and I get angry. How do I break the inner vows in my life? Well, here's number one. Number one, you've got to ask God to show you if you have any inner vows in your life. I mean, you got to ask him to show you. I mean, you're, you're maybe like me, and you didn't know you had this inner vow in your life where you began to hate people because of an experience that you had. And God can reveal that to you. Look at James 1.5. It says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. You say, God, I don't know if I have any inner vows. I don't know if, you know, I don't know why I get angry all the time. I don't know why I walk around hurt all the time. Show me what it is in my life so that I can be forgiven of it. And guess what? He'll do it. He will show you and he will set you free from that. The second thing you say, well, how do I break the inner vows in my life? You got to repent. You got to repent of the sin that you're living in. Here's, here's, I, I use this example a lot. 
When, I, when you ride a horse and you, you ride and you're, say, running your horse and you slide him to a stop, you perform what you call a rollback. And what it is is when you slide him to a stop and you roll back and you go the other way and you start riding the other way, that right there, when you turn your horse, that's called a rollback. You turn from the direction you're going and you turn the other direction. It's the same way with God. When he says, I want you to repent of the sin that you're living in, you turn from your sin and you turn to God and God will forgive you. You confess your sin and you turn from it. You say, well, how do, you know, how do I return from it? You, or you, you turn from the sin and you turn it back to God. That's why he says, give it back. Give me back what you've taken control of so that I can heal your heart. That's what he wants you to do. 1 John 1, 9 says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. How do, you, you're, you're asking, how do, I, how do I break these inner vows in my life? You have to, again, you have to ask God to show you. You have to repent. Number three is this, and it goes back to last week. You have to forgive anyone who has harmed you. Remember what we learned last week? You don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. You, you wonder why you don't feel close to God? Maybe it's because you don't have, you, you, you've never forgiven that person. And you have unforgiveness in your life. So you've got to get rid of that. Matthew chapter 6 talks about that. And we talked about that last week. Number four is this, and I'm done. The, how do you break the inner vows? You have to ask God to teach you how to handle negative experiences in the future. Here's the truth. The negative experiences that you've experienced that have caused inner vows in your life, guess what? The devil's going to remind, them of, remind you of them again. And here's what you've got to do. You've got to say, God, teach me how to be sane about that. I don't want to be crazy about that. I don't want to form another inner vow that leads me to sin. Here's what else is going to happen. You are going to experience negative experiences in your life. From this point on, and you have to say, God, teach me how to respond to that. I don't want to take control of that. I don't want to be in control of that. I want you to be in control of it because the only way that I'm going to find healing and forgiveness is in you. And so teach me. Teach me how to handle that negative experience. You know, Psalm 27.1 says this, Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me, they're waiting. But God can prepare us. Here's the thing. Inner vows take the place of God. And God says today, give it back. Give it back and I will heal it. Give me back what you've taken control of and what you feel like you've decided to do with that situation. And I will forgive you and I will heal you. Now, here's the thing that I want to end on. As a church, and I want to talk to some Christians right here because here's what a lot of Christians have done and a lot of people have done, and this is understandable. You come to church and you get hurt at church. You go places and you get hurt by people. And here's what I feel like a lot of us have said. We've said, you know what? I will never be hurt by anyone again. Here's the truth. If you make that inner vow to never be hurt by anyone again, you are no use to God. You know why? Because if you don't love people and you don't, you, you know, allow God to use you, then you're of no use to him. 
You are led by the fear of being hurt, and you can't be used by God. I've been hurt more by the church than probably any of you guys. I, you know, I've experienced pain from others probably more than any of you guys. And if I was to say, I'm never going to be hurt again, then I would probably never love again. And I would probably never help anybody again. And so listen, maybe you need to break that inner vow and say, okay, I'm going to love people again. Even though I was taken advantage of, even though, you know, they hurt me, I'm going to love no matter what. Because I want to be useful for God. I want Him to use me to help make a difference in eternity. Jesus, listen, Jesus Himself was betrayed by everybody that knew Him. But He still loved them. What did He say on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. He responded in love. I mean, John, in John chapter 13, it says, A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So here's the truth. Don't allow the devil to have control of your life. Choose to give God control of your life. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Nobody's looking around. We don't, we don't invite people to come to the front. We don't want to embarrass anybody. Um, but here's what I want to ask. How many of you guys would say, and again, nobody's looking around, I, but how many of you guys would say, you know what, Bo, I know, <laughs> I know that I have an inner vow in my life. How many of you guys would raise your hand and say that? Anybody? Yeah. All across the barn. Here's what God says to you. Give it back. Give it back. Some of you are here this morning and you don't know if you have an interval. Here's my encouragement to you right now. Just ask God. Say, God, what is it? What, what inner vow have I made in my life that I'm in control of and I'm the Lord of rather than you are the Lord of? Some of you guys, all of you guys that just raised your hand, here's, again, my challenge to you is to repent. To say, okay, God, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be in control anymore. I'm, I'm repenting, I'm turning from my sin, and I confess it to you, and I need you to forgive me of it so that I can move forward and find healing. Some of you guys, once you repent of it, you need to forgive the person that has wronged you. You need to go to them and say, you know what? I, you weren't right for what you did, but I, know, I want you to know I forgive you, and I ask you to forgive me because I've held bitterness and anger and hate toward you. It'll set you free, I promise. It'll set you free. The last thing that maybe you need to pray today is, God, again, teach me. Teach me to be able to handle the negative experiences in my life in a way that honors you and that gives you control, not me. Some of you here today, you've never made a commitment to Christ. 
You've never given him your life. You've never surrendered your life to him. And you're just trying to do all of this stuff that I'm talking about uh, under your own strength. Listen, you can't do it. You can't forgive. You can't repent. You can't do any of that without knowing Christ. And so the truth is, you need to give your life to Christ today. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, it's simple. You turn from your sin and you turn to God. Maybe you just pray this right here in your chair, silently in your heart. Lord, I need you to forgive me of my sin. I know I'm a sinner, and I know I need your forgiveness. Come into my life and save me. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer for the first time in your life. You have now began a personal relationship with the Savior of the world. And He wants to heal your hurt. He wants to to guide your life. He wants to give you joy. He wants to bless your life. And so you say, well, how do I, what's the next level or what's the next step that I take? Listen, that's why you have a church. It's because we can show you how to, to take the next step in obedience to God. You've, you have just now began a relationship with God. Now it's time to grow in that so that you can honor Him and you can live for Him so that you can lessen the the mistakes that you make because you're honoring God and you're living by His Word. And so maybe maybe you just made that decision. Here's what we ask you to do. Fill out that orange card. Place it in one of these yellow buckets and we'll contact you and we'll give you the resources that you need to take the next step. You say, well, I don't, I don't have an orange card. Don't know what happened to it. Here's what we ask you to do. Text your name to the number on the screen as you leave today. You don't have to text your decision or anything. Just text your name to the number on the screen as you leave today, and we will contact you. It's that simple. God wants you to have help. And so don't, don't deny yourself that by not sharing it with someone. Lord, we come to you this morning, and I thank you for the power of your truth, the power of your word. And and when it says that that we are to give you control of our lives, we are not to to be in control of our, our own situation, but we're to give that over to you. And Lord, I pray that you would break the inner vows that we've made in our lives so that we can honor you. No matter what it takes, no matter what you've got to expose in our lives, no matter you know what sin we are dealing with, may we bring it up, may we show it, may we expose it, and may we give it to you so that we can find forgiveness and healing. I, I thank you, Lord, for setting us free from the things that, that we've sinned and the ways that we've sinned. Thank you for that. Set people free. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Let's give the Lord a hand today. You guys enjoy the beautiful weather, all right? Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Bo Hague at Thousand Hills Ranch Church in Woodward, Oklahoma. Please join us next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Woodward Livestock Auction.